<laughs> Hello, Emerging Writers. Welcome. We're so glad that you could join us today as we sip tea and discover our inner storytellers. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my best friend, Kayla, and my sister, Jordan. Hello. Hi. Since last week we talked about world building, I felt it would be appropriate for today's tea time topic to focus on magic systems. Magic systems typically show face in all kinds of fantasy stories, whether they're one of the main focuses, such as in Harry Potter, or more of a side aspect like, say, Narnia. Kayla, do you want to get us started? Yeah, magic systems are so important when it comes to building your world, especially if you're doing something that's high fantasy or even sci-fi often has elements of magic. You really have to know what are the natural laws of your world and what uh, what is expected and what is a shock to have happen. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, uh, magic systems will or developing your magic system will happen when you're figuring out your world and building that up. Because a lot of times it will be pretty, or I guess it definitely should be integrated in how the world works. And there's a lot of different ways, I guess an infinite number of ways that you can figure out how your magic works. Um, A lot of times people will add in like a cost sort of thing into Mm. the magic. Either it costs energy or it costs... I guess mana if you're talking about video games, but they are like consequences. Yeah, there are consequences. If you do this, then it'll have some sort of repercussion on you. And this adds stake to using magic so that it can't just be used all willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the typical low cost that like the lower side of the cost that could come with magic use is just it being an exhausting thing the same way that working out is exhausting. But then there's a lot higher stakes. Like Kim Harrison has a book series where if people use black magic, it ends up being this like stain on your soul. And that has some that that's one of the higher stake magic things that come to mind is that it's like, this will ruin your eternal soul. Be careful. I think of... uh, Oh, sorry. Stakes are just a really vital part because you have to know uh, how dire the situation has to get for your character to consider doing that. Yeah, I think of like um, Harry Potter. It's got a pretty uh, integrated magic system. And most of it, you know, nothing really happens. But like for Voldemort, in order to like become immortal, he split his soul and that turned him into a monster you know so at some point they do have high stakes in the dark magic so i think making sure that you have those stakes and levels of magic i guess figured out and fleshed out enough to make real consequences for things that happen i think it's really important Mm -hmm. and the consequences may not always be on the characters themselves sometimes it's on the world like maybe pulling Maybe magic is a a natural force that keeps things alive. And maybe when you use it, it pulls it away from nature and maybe the world around you starts to die. I can't remember what I've seen do that. That sounds so familiar, though. Um, There is a Netflix show which is technically aimed towards kids. It's the same writers as Avatar The Last Airbender, and it's called... Uh, the Last Dragon or the Dragon Prince? Yeah, Dragon Prince. Dragon Prince, and magic when like dark magic or black magic or whatever they I think call it's dark it. Magic. Um, it takes like the the magic life force from living things, and that's how 
that way works. And I've seen it where that's just how magic works in that world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting way to go about it. Uh, My first interpretation of magic, like when I imagine how it would work in the real world is I think of it as just like a natural force, like one of the elements that just Mm -hmm. exists Mm -hmm. and naturally flows through everything. So I think it's really interesting to interpret in that way because it's so similar to how I naturally think of how it might work. Mm. I think something that's cool, um, an example of sort of magic, I guess, um, there's a show called Pushing Daisies and in it there's a guy who can touch someone or something and bring it back to life but if he ever touches it again it's dead permanently but if he brings something back to life it kills something nearby so Mm. i think Mm. having that is a good um you can do a lot with magic like making it add conflict and Mm -hmm. tension and you know really adding interesting angles to your story i guess for different ways that they would have to problem solve to work through a situation. I think uh, it's interesting to look at people and stories that use magic as more of a force, which is what we've talked about, this natural force in the world. But there's also more of the skill-based approach. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Harry Potter comes to mind that they have to study for it. Like, yeah, they're born with the ability to use magic, but to have any sort of um, adeptness, they have to learn spells and study and take time. Yeah, and not uh, all of it just comes easily. They have to practice. Yeah. For some reason, books aren't really coming to mind, but uh, Dungeons & Dragons comes to mind quite a bit because there's different types of magic users in that. Like, there's the wizards that have to study and have the spells memorized, and then there's, like, druids that just have a connection to nature and this, like, intuitiveness. And so there's different approaches that you can take with different, like, classes of magic users within your world as well as the world as a whole. Also, if I got any of that wrong, forgive me. I only play rogues in D&D. (laughs) rogues or rangers (laughs) but yeah i think magic really moves the story in interesting directions because it's this huge thing that we're very intensely familiar with to find in stories but you can really make it whatever you want it to be Mm -hmm. and one thing that uh i think is really fascinating is when there's uh, a difference in what the reader understands of magic and what the characters do. And so you can have magic as this intense, incredible, powerful force that like rivals all thing and defies nature and science. But you can't really have that in your main character. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about the Lord of the Rings, uh, Gandalf is not the main character for a good reason. He does some pretty miraculous, unbelievable things. And if he was the main character, you would have to really understand how that happens in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. So I think the closer you bring it in to your main character, the more it has to be understood and explained. And with understanding often comes stricter laws or limitations. Yeah, I like the way you put that. With Uh, characters like Gandalf, who are just extremely overpowered, there comes with it, uh, specific tropes and or, uh, strange occurrences in the story, like maybe plot holes, Mm -hmm. because with them being so powerful, it makes sense that you don't need the main character at all. Why can't they just defeat the big bad or complete the quest or whatever? And so there's this weird 
occurrence of him like just falling and presumably dying and you're like why why couldn't he do this one thing but then he comes back even more powerful but even then when he's more powerful he still can't finish the quest and they have to write it off as like well he's just not the one to do it yeah so while those characters have their place and you certainly see a lot of them I caution against writing those because they can get a little too overpowered and you can find yourself having problems trying to make sense of your story. I think it's good in a mentor who dies before the climax of the story. (laughs) See, but that's where you get into the cliche of the mentor always dying. It's something like that. You know, you can have an overpowered magic user, but they can't really be there through the entire plot of the book. There has to be something that keeps them away from what your main character is doing for at least portions of it. And yeah, it doesn't have to be death. That's a bit of a cliche. Uh, One thing that I keep saying one thing, another thing. (laughs) So many one things in magic. Everything is the last one thing. (laughs) We can just title this the last one thing. (laughs) Uh, With magic, there's also an interesting look at it that it doesn't have to come from witches or wizards. There's also magic in the form of like powers or creatures. Uh, Something that comes very vividly to mind (laughs) is every vampire book I read when I was 13. (laughs) Because vampires have an interest, like each person has an interesting take on what powers a vampire has. You know, Mm -hmm. there's usually like an inhuman charisma. Sometimes there's some wild stuff (laughs) they usually have some form of like compulsion or draw to humans to make their hunting easier yeah yeah are there specific abilities that um only certain creatures have or are certain creatures more attuned to like power so Mm -hmm. they can utilize it better than others A, a lot of times elves will be more attuned to whatever power is innate in the world. And so yeah. can they're utilize- kind of like earthy creatures. Yeah. They can utilize it better than humans who are usually like the worst at it. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. We're there- the worst at everything. <laughs> There's also interesting. Um, I feel like a lot of the sliding scale in magical worlds is that the less human a creature is, the more magical they are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at things, things, <laughs> if you look at creatures like dragons, they have quite a bit of power to them, and they are so inhuman, they might as well be aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dragons are usually very magical beings, especially when you move towards like the, the Chinese portrayal of dragons, mm-hmm. where they're definitely magical, godly beings. Yeah. So it just depends on like how you want to skew things, where you want or who you want to best utilize it and why and how and and all those things. And I like how you brought up the laws earlier because it's important to to have those laws on your main characters so that you can add to the conflict. Because if magic is just your get-out-of-jail-free card, then one... Oh, yeah, your story's going to be so low stakes. Yeah, it's it's not going to get people engaged. It's, it's not going to keep people guessing what's going to happen. No one's going to really care. You also won't have to do any problem solving really because you'll have like an easy way out and you won't have to really be creative and work with your characters and figure out some of the things that can be the most interesting to read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing, I think I was watching another like writing video, Mm -hmm. which is tips on writing. And 
one thing I hadn't really considered, but makes a lot of sense to me is when building your magic system and like figuring out the laws, there's laws of nature, like what are consequences of it? Does it harm the body? Does it harm nature? Like those sorts of things. Uh, what are the limitations of it? Can it bring people back to life or are you only able to take like uh, chemicals that are present in the air, pull water from like the air and do stuff like that? Um, but then there's also laws set forth by man. Hmm. So like what's legal, what's illegal? Is magic frowned upon in this world? Why is that? Mm-hmm. Is are it, certain types of magic yeah, considered are dark types of or magic light? okay? Mm-hmm. Um, are there different places within your world, like different cultures in, in your world that accept magic or use magic in different ways for different reasons? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. There's a lot of different things that you can do with that. I think a lot of times there are a few extremes that people go to in fantasy where magic is either frowned upon and only a select few can use it or um, it's widely known about, but still only a select few can use it. Yeah. I don't know of very many stories personally where it's just a natural thing everybody can use to some degree. Yeah. Generally there's some sort of distinction and like, it's definitely not usually everyone can do it. There's usually, it's kind of a way to separate people. I think most stories I've read where all of a species can do magic, there's multiple species that kind of make up for that. Mm-hmm. You know, every elf can do magic, but there's also humans and dwarfs and things. I don't think I've ever read a book where everyone can do magic. Not to self-promote, but the first novel that I was working on that I've kind of put on hiatus for now, that was kind of an idea that I was running with. Mm -hmm. Like, if magic was an innate force in the world, how would people react to that? And as the world progresses, like, as we advance technology, why wouldn't we also advance our knowledge in how to use magic and then also, how would they shape each other? Mm-hmm. Because we're going to find ways to make life easier for us. So even though I don't spend much time in the like now present day equivalent of my world, um, I try to show that like magic and technology have been incorporated together so that everybody knows basic things to make life easier. But then how does how was that translated when my character goes back in time? Mm-hmm. Because she only knows how to use it in certain ways. Yeah, not just the full spectrum of... Mm -hmm. Not the more like raw means of doing it. Like she can do her laundry, but if she's given a bucket and water, a little bit harder to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, my favorite sort of magic stories tend to be where it's either an underground world on top of the everyday world and only a few people know, but then there's like whole like magical hidden away towns or bars Mm -hmm. or things or where everyone now finds out about magic (laughs) and it's a shock I think those are really fun to explore also Mm -hmm. I think uh, they're not done enough I enjoy both of those but I also enjoy the idea of what your book is going into where what happens when it's just a part of everything another really interesting thing 
is the way people handle divinity when it comes to humans or human-like species also having magic. You know, what sort of human do mortals have access to? And then what does the god or gods or creator of the world, what does their power look like? What sort of human do gods have access to is what you just said. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Did I really? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So... A lot of time, I say a lot of times, a lot. (laughs) Uh, Definitely, as per like the definition of gods, is that they're going to be superior. So they have um, like a a higher access, I guess. Like if you're going to have a world with gods and goddesses, and that world is also going to have the ability to bring people back to life, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a lot of times that's either going to be Uh, a god thing only or a gift from the gods like a power that the gods give you access to yeah so that adding in that aspect to your world can definitely shape the distribution of power and the utilization of it yeah i think gods often really bring up the topic of death and with it the afterlife Mm. and Mm -hmm. a lot of fantasy Gods are the people that have access to other realms, whether that's like more of a afterlife in general or like separated into a heaven and a hell or like a god realm where they live. And I think that's a really interesting thing that if you have your gods up close and personal to your characters, not just a faraway belief system, but like they're talking to your characters and a part of the plot intimately, oftentimes you have to address where in your world death and what happens after death takes place and that's usually a power and magic that's exclusively reserved for the gods Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely true um so cycling back a little bit uh, quite a bit actually to the the gandalf idea Mm. um and like the degree of law and um, strictness, I guess, on what is what magic is capable of and what it's not. I guess there's there's two kinds of magic systems, like two broad categories of them, and it's hard magic and soft magic. So for for hard magic, the laws of magic are going to follow the laws of science, mm-hmm. and they won't go against that. So it's gonna be based on the ideas of like chemistry and physics and stuff like that. And it won't break those laws of nature that we have and we understand. And in soft magic, it's going to be more arcane and fanciful and can kind of do whatever it wants. And I think you see that more. And I think you see that more than anything else in fantasy, especially like high fantasy. Yeah, I think high fantasy does a whole lot of the softer magic. And uh, urban fantasy, I've found to do more hard magic because it's set in the modern day. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the fantasy systems you see are broken into spells that have components and incantations or like rituals. And it's really interesting the different takes that that can have to me. I think 
magic not only being an internal resource, but also an external resource. Like you might be able to do the thing and have the ability towards it. But if you don't have that lavender twig and that bottle of like salt water, then you're just out of luck. Mm -hmm. I think that can create some really interesting tension and dynamics. Yeah, I watched the TV. Well, not the whole thing. I started watching a TV show recently called The Magicians, and there was like a big defining plot point where one person who tried out for the school had enough innate ability to go, and they taught him the magic. And then his friend had a, like a bit of it, but not enough that they would admit her. So she went and found like street witches that taught her how to do the spells, and it was more of a struggle, and she had to like work on her own because she didn't have as much innate ability. I think that's an interesting take showing the different sides of people who can use it in a world. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, just a, a thought I had um, because, and because innate ability is, is not uncommon. A thing to find in fantasy where magic is involved, especially when uh, you have stuff like witches and wizards and, and warlocks, a lot of times they'll focus on, personal talent and like, uh, I don't know, natural inclination towards magic, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it's not dissimilar to just people being talented at certain things. And I don't see it explored too much where people are learning magic and they're just better at certain types of magic for certain reasons. Like it's definitely out there. Mm. I'm not saying it's not a thing that's not explored. I think you I see it in video games be just because of the nature of video games, I guess. Yeah, where, you generally have to level up and yeah, and so get they'll, better. They'll write it into the story sometimes more where like temperaments maybe have certain inclinations. Like if you're angry, maybe you excel more at fire magic and like mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily mean focusing on temperament, but more just like maybe someone who likes to garden is maybe just gonna also be naturally more inclined towards like earth magics or something like that mm -hmm. yeah i i really enjoy when there's a connection and reasoning behind some sort of innate talent and i also really like when uh magic systems can explore both innate power and skill mm -hmm. i think uh a lot, a lot of witch-based stuff where the characters are kind of like witches and wizards and whatnot. Having the skill and then the hierarchy that comes with the skill is really fascinating, especially when some of the learned magic is kept closeted and hidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a series that's like on the tip of my tongue where the community of witches hid a bunch of the powerful books and artifacts and things, and uh, the main character had to kind of just steal them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of series that do that, but I enjoy when it's this magic, when it's this uh, knowledge, and then that knowledge is hoarded, because I think that's such a human thing to do with power and knowledge. Oh, it totally is. We never want people to have what we have. If it's something special or nice, we want to kind of keep it to ourselves and keep it out of the hands of everyone else. 
Yeah, and I think something we've touched on quite a bit that's important to explore when you're building your magic system and world is how is magic taught and how, like, what's the structure to get access to that? Because Mm -hmm. knowledge is always something that some people want uh, others to have limited access to. And how heavily does that play into your story and world? Yeah, how well is it understood? And how does that affect how people react to others who have access to magic Mm -hmm. and if it's something that's pretty readily accepted are there like schools for magic do people who excel get higher positions within your world do they get better paying jobs do they get just a higher status in general like do they get power in land or like how does it work yeah how does magic and the ability to utilize magic affect your character and the economy and other people around them and the world at large. Yeah, if you're going to use make a story that features magic, that's one of the world building things you really need to look into and make sure you have a good understanding of the different facets. Because while it can be glossed over, you if it's going to be something that is a main focus, you need to have a lot of background information and understanding of how it works. Yeah, for sure. Well, now we'll pass the question off to you guys. What stories have you read where the magic system really caught your interest? Have you dabbled in creating your own unique system? Join our Facebook group, Writers Emerging, or follow us on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. Links in the description. We look forward to seeing you next week.